When we share our stories, something magical happens. We magnify the power and the purpose that our stories contain. I'm Amanda Solar, the host of Soulful Connections. Come on this journey with me and let's connect. Connection. So I'm here today with Pat Singer and Pat, I know you as an artist. Um, You know, I first discovered you through your work. You know, I was walking through the local Doylestown Mercantile. I saw a woman and birds and imagination and I, I bought your work and then I got to know you backwards. So I know that you are a, um, a graphic designer as well. Can you kind of describe what you do and what is your style of art? My style is, if I had to put it in a nutshell, I like things that are thought provoking and have a story to them. I, I think I'm a storyteller first. So um, with graphic design, that doesn't get a chance to uh, make itself clear with the designs but so that the illustrative work scratches that itch of mine to tell stories whereas the graphic design is more um cut and dry you know i have a a a challenge and i have to make a solution graphically so it's more a story for the client to be telling so right that's where the difference is so where do you think, like, are you a writer or where does that desire stem from to, uh, you know, pass on a message or tell a story? What, what is that? Where does that I, come from? I think, I think I am a writer, but I, I would rather tell my stories with pictures than words, but I like to write and I like, I, it's kind of a, a little hobby of mine. Uh, um, I've, sh- shown my writing to a few people and it wasn't wasn't super well received so I I got kind of shy about it then and um but I I um get a lot of um satisfaction from writing and then um I love reading people's writing and then a lot of the illustrations I do are from poems, excerpts from poems, where, you know, if you're reading a really good poem and it just sets off this chain of um, imagination where it's like a building blocks for, for images. And then oh. it just grows from there, almost like sprouting right out of the page. And uh, I enjoy now, that. Were you always an artist? Is that like what were you like as a child? Were you always drawing or, or what? Yes. Always drawing, very inward, very, uh, extremely shy. Um, would make in the summer, I would mix mud with oatmeal and sugar and make mud pies and things like that. So then that ties into creativity. And, uh, and, uh, for a while there, I was, a uh, 
mosaic artist for a couple of years after I got so burned out from doing graphic design in a really busy studio in Jenkintown. I did that for seven years and then I sort of segued into making mosaics that were my design, kind of a lot like inspired by Henry Mercer's work with a, a somewhat folk folk feel to it, but has um, more of a Macintosh or design quality about it. And that I is, that, yeah. that kind of frustrating because people only redo their kitchens every 30 years. And I was having a difficult time getting traction with that, but I still, to this day, I love mosaics and, and um, I love going to the Mitch, the Mercer has a big tile show every year. And I love, I love going to that. And I used to participate in that. So tile will always be a big love of mine, but I, I, I feel like the illustrative things are also more accessible to most people. Most people are going to, you know, want art in their homes, whereas not everybody wants a mosaic in their home. So I think there's more opportunities to express myself creatively with uh, paintings. You know, it's so interesting because Henry Mercer was a essentially a tile maker and he yeah. was an eccentric who had a big, huge castle made of cement and very, very um, part of the fabric, I think, of Bucks County. And I wonder if when he was making tile, if that was a huge thing or if he was just completely unusual, you know? I think he was unusual. And I also think he was a storyteller because all his tiles have meaning and symbolism and um, their stories in squares, really. And uh, huh. it's about the, the agriculture, the the general culture, all those tiles have those kinds of messages in them about what, what it was like to live back then. If It's very historic, all his tiles. And um, I've actually taken workshops there and that's how I got into doing the mosaics. So I took um, or a couple, three of them, I think, and um, took tile making with some of the best. And I feel that's like so that gave me a it's, I felt so lucky to be living in this area at the time I was actually living in Lansdale. So I'd take the classes on Saturday and when I was, you know, obviously not working on Saturday. So I, it was right. pure enrichment. And, um, I fell in love with Doylestown every Saturday. I'd be driving and go down that long alley with the trees leading up to the Mercer museum where the workshop was. And it's like, I have to find a way to move to this area because I'm in love. That's interesting so did you grow up in like the Lansdale area or is that where you I grew actually... up in Ambler which okay. is a similar town to Doylestown it's more gritty more ethnic uh, but I I still go back to Ambler a lot because I have a lot of family that lives there and um so that my my first love of a small town was Ambler and that's where I grew up and yeah. I still have a soft spot for it um you know I am always curious about visual artists. I, you know, I, I'm not one. <laughs> and you know how you said, when you think of a story, um, you know, images come to your mind. That isn't the way I think of a story. Images don't come in that I need to pour out. What role does that have in your life? Like what compels you to do art? You don't have to. You know, on a weekend, you could, you know, watch Netflix from morning until night. Like, 
What is that, that compulsion to create? It's the desire to tell stories. And I would say that a lot of the things that I've worked on more recently have been um, delving into issues I've had with my struggles with family, with my girls who are, I have twin, my husband and I, whose husband is also an artist. Um, we have twin 18 year old girls and they have had some struggles. And so some of my art comes from telling the story of our struggles without being giving too much away. Um, so it's yes. a way for me to work through some problems and sometimes put a spin on them that are, it's positive. Like I, I don't want to make dark things. I want to make things that show that we're coming out of things that are difficult. I love that. And that might be why they resonate so much, Pat, because I think people can feel a story. It's the difference between seeing something that is pretty and and seeing something that you just feel is somehow enriching and adds something to your life just by having it, you know? Um, so we, you talked about poems and what specific, can you share, is there a poet you're inspired by or is there a specific book or books that have made an impact or hmm. shaped you in any way? I have a lot of, um, I read all kinds of things. Um, I have a cousin that's a writer and she writes beautiful poems. Sometimes I'm inspired by those. Um, her name is Michelle Reale and uh, she's a professor, a doctor at a doctorate at a, has her doctorate at a Arcadia University and she teaches oh, library cool. science and writing classes and things like that. So I, I read a lot of her um, colleagues or not, not so much colleagues, but a lot of her um, associates poetry but I can't really name one besides my cousin's work I, I have them in mind but I don't know their names and I can I can um if you'd like I can send you a text or an email of the list that That'd I'm inquired cool. by yeah I could put that on my website yep yep that's a great idea um and what is Pat your idea of a perfect day so, someone says Pat Tomorrow you can ha you can live your perfect day. What does that look like? What a great question. Um, so that would be every Saturday. I indulge in a, a class at the Y where I belong, and I I either do, I do Pilates or spinning or kickboxing or or um, yoga. And if I can do one of those, or sometimes two, if I'm being a real pig about my self enrichment. And then um, I would like to go to Native Coffee and get my beautiful oat milk latte. And it doesn't have to be with a friend, but sometimes it is. But sometimes it's by myself. And then I'll walk over to um, the courthouse and sit on the bench and just look, you know, if the weather's accommodating, I'll just sit and look at the beautiful courthouse and the trees and there's, you know, cool landscaping and or I'll sit in front of the um, library. There's benches that are in front of the uh, stargazer maze thing that's there. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's like a little rock maze that's right in front of the library. Yeah, I have seen that. I think that's like relatively new. But when I say new, it's from somebody who's lived here forever. So I think right. things are new that were established 20 years ago. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, so that is, and then... Um, and then later I would go see a movie with my husband at the county because we love our county membership. And 
Um, then maybe out to dinner. That would be I my see. perfect day. What type of dinner would you have? I like any kind of food. I, there's no, <laughs> no holds barred, no, no food that I will not eat unless it's um, organ meats. <laughs> yes. <laughs> sweet breads. No Somebody sweet wants... breads, no kidneys, no, uh, you know, no, liver, no tripe. No liver pan. <laughs> no. But any anything else, any culture, of course, because we adopted, our twins are, f are adopted from China. So we do love to go for Chinese food and we end up in Philly a lot for that on Sundays. Um, we like to go to Chinatown and have dim sum. Nice. Yeah, not nice. as often as I would like, but that is a fun, that is a really fun weekend for us to go to dim sum. That's a perfect day. You know, and the nice thing about living in this area is we are so close to Philadelphia. We're relatively close to New York City. So it is kind of a nice um, little suburb. And we do have these museums. We have, um, and the County Theater, which you referenced, has these beautiful, like a lot of art films. And um, so, you know, it is pretty amazing when you kind of think We've about that. We've got the Michener. Yeah. Right next to that. So we've got the trifecta, the Michener, the library, the, the Moravian tile works down the street. And then um, there's just so much. I feel very lucky to be living seven minutes from all that. Yeah, that that's amazing. It really is. Um, and I love that it was intentional for you. You know, I think that, that it wasn't really just happenstance. I mean, that's kind of great. My mom always talks about she and my father were drawn to Bucks County and they were drawn because back in the day, you know, George Kaufman was an Oscar Hammerstein was um, important. So Bucks County has always kind of been a Mecca for artists of all type. And I think maybe artists in particular have an affinity for this part of Pennsylvania. It feels, it, it feels very comfortable here. When I met my husband, he had just, graduated from the School of Visual Arts in New York, and he was completely not into the New York social scene. And he moved above uh, a restaurant in um, Doylestown. I can't remember the name of the restaurant. Maybe it's better that I don't remember because it, <laughs> the, the apartment had roaches and oh. he was absolutely horrified. And um, he's very bug phobic well who isn't nobody says oh yeah i want to move into that roach infested place um right i'll have some friends yeah. i'll name them yeah <laughs> i won't be lonely <laughs> <laughs> so we ended up getting an apartment together in glenside because that's i worked in jenkintown and he worked for himself then we moved to lansdale and then we kept dreaming about moving to Do the doylestown area um and it's just funny because we used to ride our bikes from Lansdale to Peace Valley Park. Oh, and that wow. is another huge draw for me. So I, I don't call ourselves local aficionados. Yeah. Like we were kept coming back to this area. And then we had this realtor who was helping us find the house near here, near Boston. And she said, because we were looking in Montgomery County, she said, you're going to, you're going to end up in Bucks County. I'm going to make sure of it. And she was just so bossy and officious, officious about it. And, uh, but I kind of believed her. Yes. <laughs> she I said, just that's think... where you're going. And I'm like, okay, lady, you seem very sure of yourself. And <laughs> it's right. You know what? There's a, 
that's a great story just for life. I think that's a great metaphor for life. You know, you like dream it, but you also work toward it and mm -hmm. keep dreaming and working and moving and it all kind of here you are. And I even forgot if this, if I'm going to turn this into a tourism for Bucks County, but mm -hmm. not only do we have all of these artistic arenas, we also have such beautiful parks, oh. including Peace Valley Park and lakes and, you know. Yeah, we're a lot of times our weekends do we end up in Lambertville, and mm. I don't really know why, but that is our draw because it's more of a pain to drive to Philly all the time. So we do end up parking in Lambertville and just doing the loop. We walk, we walk the uh, the path, the uh, uh, along the where the barge used to be, um, the towpath. Yeah, and that is quite beautiful and we have certain little spots we like to go for our co union coffee and in, in yes. and um the Lambertville station and I can name a bunch a bunch of other things that we just love frequenting those little spots I, I am there with you on Sundays I do yoga at hometown yoga on Union Street oh cool and then I head over to Union Street coffee and get coffee oh. so I am a big Lambertville person myself right over so Lambertville is New Jersey right over the bridge from New Hope in Bucks County so I almost consider it a little extension of Bucks County even though it's New Jersey <laughs> uh, absolutely I have to think oh yeah we're in New Jersey now right mm -hmm. right um getting back to your art you know and your storytelling is there um a thread that runs through the stories is there a specific message you think that you're telling through your art or is it random and whatever you know is kind of happening at the time well I'm thinking of some things I have sold um recently and yes there's definitely a lot of the ones that seem to be very successful are the ones that have I have a personal connection to making that piece of art i did a series called rich interior lives and uh i will send i don't know if you can in include screenshots later in with this podcast or not but if you can um i can send you some screenshots of these pieces i'm talking about and one is a silhouette of a man's um just a silhouette of a man and interiorly inside the man's shape is a um, birds and a river and, and it's called passage. And it's about people's growth as humans. And they start out one place and then they kind of meander and you, you don't really always know which way you're going to end up, but it's like the passage of our um, development of, as humans. So that was a very personal piece. Plus it's, um, you know, I love painting anything with water and birds and nature. Now that mm -hmm. I'm a woman past a certain age, <laughs> the birds come into everything. And yes, we were talking earlier that like, if you reach a certain age, all of a sudden you you become obsessed with birds and it is the truth. I stand by that assertion. <laughs> yeah. It's a little, you didn't see it coming, but oh my gosh. But here you are. <laughs> In fact, um, yeah, I feel like such a connection with birds like you know those red wing back blackbirds oh yes um yes sometimes I love them. they'll follow you if you're walking like i'll walk on the reservoir around the um pine run reservoir yeah it overlooks that's where they all are 
Yeah. There's a lot of, and sometimes they'll follow you as you're walking and they'll chatter. And I'm like, is this another, I don't really believe that, but is this another spirit realm that's trying to connect with the human and talk to you? Or are they just doing that because that's what black red winged blackbirds do? So I wrote a whole story once about a a woman who um, actually turns into a bird when she gets back in her car and she goes, flies away and joins the red wing. Because you know something, I think you should ignore whomever it was that didn't fully appreciate your writing and write because you feel like a writer to me. So just ignore it. Nobody uh, understands, you know, a lot of great things. I mean, it's just the truth. Well, but, think about art, all the art that people don't, yep. you know, every time I think, oh, my art, maybe it's not getting the traction it should. It doesn't matter, actually. I'm just going to keep making art because I'm. I'm drawn to making the art and I can't stop. And it, it's Perfect. what gives me peace and it gives me a sense of purpose. And um, I'm getting my stories out. And if not, it, it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. And that is really okay. I have to just say that. I think that's a really important message. And I will say that I kind of have gotten to that place. And I think that's a point that I got. Once I hit my fifties, I, I started to do what I wanted. I didn't start saying, you know, I'm going to do this when, and when this happens, I'll do this. I stopped the, when this happens, or if this happens and just said, I'm doing it. I'm doing a podcast. I'm making a website. If you like it, great. And if you don't, you're foolish now. Right. Well, I love that you you're segueing your whole life by when did you start your soulful soulful connection? When I I started the Soulful Living website during the pandemic. Ah, was that 2020? <laughs> it's yeah. all blur. It's a blur right now. But I I had been dreaming of doing something, and I was thinking, is it going to be a magazine? Am I going to have a YouTube channel? But I knew I wanted, I had messages. I think those messages that you're talking about, that you're telling, that you're sharing through your art, I think we kind of have them as humans and it's finding our conduit, our way to share them. And then during the pandemic, I had a minute, you know, to stop. And so I thought, well, a magazine means you have to find advertisers and printers and, but a website, I just went online and found a lovely Scottish man who taught me how to make a website. Wow. <laughs> so who you'll have to share that information with me later or now, or, uh, um, because I need help with my website. It's, oh, I I've had will. a website I mean, for a while, but it, it needs. Right. I mean, the thing I, I just started thinking, well, why can't you just do it, Amanda? And you, as a graphic artist would really be able to do it. I don't think that way. So for me, sometimes my brain almost feels like it's burning. Like smoke is literally coming out of my ears. Okay. Figuratively coming out of my ears. Well, it's not super intuitive, right? Um, right. I have a Squarespace website that I built and it's mm-hmm. perfectly adequate, but I need somebody to help with the SEO and all the back end. Yes. Coding to come up in search engines and um, probably integrate because I do do a little animation with some of my illustrations and integrate those just for fun. And, and actually for one, I have a client that 
loves when I animate things for them. Um, I do their a fabulous Christmas card, which is for me, it's fabulous because they make they're a rather dry um, company that makes cleaners for hot oils, which sounds oh. Oh my gosh, we work so well together. We make these really oh, creative nice. ads for a very dry product and marketing, you know. So it's market. cleaners for like if you get oil on your clothes? No, they're the, the oils that they use in manufacturing for uh -huh. fryers, for food. Oh. And then they, they have these cleaners that sift all the sediment out of them and then you can reuse them. Recycle. Oh, interesting. Well, you know what I love about what you're saying? Part of what I'm building um, in my business right now is um, a lot of these kind of opportunities, workshops, and finding resources and people who can do all of this. Because, you know, if the dream is to do what you love and what you're driven toward your purpose, the practical side of that is but how, you know, how am I going to, what's the vehicle for this and how do I reach people? And so I think that that's a huge, um, important part of living your dream, whatever that is, you know? So that's really, that that's really exciting. And I can say, Pat, um, like I love, and I will actually incorporate a lot of these visuals, um, in promotion of this podcast. One of my very favorites that you do is the tree. Ah, uh, yes, I have a tree right here. Yes. I don't yes. I love that. I'll put this on my YouTube channel. I'll put our <laughs> podcast. Oh my gosh, Pat. Uh, beautiful. Does that have a name? Um, it does indeed. And it, it is, um, because I have a little stage fright, I can't quite think of the name right this yeah. second. But it'll come to me in a minute. Um, so this, I think it's called Connect. Oh my Connect. gosh, no wonder I love it, Pat. Yeah, it's called Connect. And um, so the the theory, be the thought behind this was to, trees have roots. I don't know if you've ever watched those documentaries about trees and their roots and how they trees communicate with each other through their root systems. It's really amazing how uh, one tree can tell another tree and I'm paraphrasing that there's a drought and we need to shore up our uh, water resources and store them in this other tree and then share them through the root systems. It's really uh, an astonishing thing about trees, what they still sacrifice. If there's a stand of trees, they'll sacrifice. One of them will die. And then the other ones will get the nutrients from the earth from the dead tree and um they're kind of making a decision about this like yeah you go and then the rest of us will live and so there's a real um greater spirit going on with these trees that more than more than we would ever dream a spirit's the wrong word connection so i have this um owl that's sort of looking over this landscape of homes and people. So there's an indication of people without it seeing any people. And then the, there's a path that leads down to this frog, which is then there's stars under here and mushrooms because mushrooms do the same things that trees do. You know, the, the, there's a documentary about fungi. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that. And um, no, I'm not. That's so interesting. Mushrooms do the same thing. They talk to each other underneath the root systems. 
and there's it's scientific it's not like I'm just no I know one of my sister's favorite books is this the secret life of trees yes yes that's what I was thinking of yeah so I haven't read that book but my sister has and I think I need to actually um just based upon what you're saying and based upon the fact that you know, I love and admire my sister. So I figure, <laughs> but she would love that painting as well. I mean, that is really, so to me, um, there's just something deep and powerful about your imagery. I, I really, I am touched by your work. I Thank really, you really so am. much. Um, one of the pieces I did a while ago was when um, my one, and I don't want to give away too much because it's personal, but you know, one of my um, daughters was really suffering and had a lot of friends and family help behind the scenes. And I was so filled with gratitude that people cared. And um, so I made this totem pole of people stacked on top of people, but in a lifting sort of way. And I'll share that image with you. It's called the helpers. And you know, that old idiom um look for the helpers well I, yes, feel like I think that's I was... Mr. Rogers yes yes Mr. Rogers and um you know I I had no intention of making that piece of art but I I made it out of gratitude for the help that we received from my friends and family and their my daughter's friends and you know I, I felt very lucky so I I had to make that and then someone saw the image on Facebook and bought the original which is great and um so that's, that's how it happens. Um, yes. you, you make something from your heart, people are going to, it's going to resonate with someone and maybe they're grateful about something, somebody that they got help from when they needed it most. I think everybody can relate to that story. That's powerful. That actually gave me chills. So yeah, we will have to definitely connect and I would love to share that image as well. I think, you know, that's part of the whole thing behind the podcast is that it's, we, we can only really, um, connect when we're authentic and that's kind of an authentic, um, sharing, you know, we, we all have these stories and I think that, um, that's how we then help because we're touched and we know, oh my gosh, I had this story, you know, we can all relate to one another's, um, stories, you know, the journey is going to be, happy and it's going to be anguish filled and it's going to be everything and we can't between. expect it to not be that way that's how life is it's challenging i i think we can't expect everything to be beautiful roses all the time there has to be some tribulations there has to be struggles in order to appreciate the good times um, right it's just part of life yeah and you know this the interesting thing to me about art is that sometimes words do fail to tell our story and art has a power that words sometimes don't have. I know whenever I've tried to um, describe a real life situation in words and I'm writing it down, I'm thinking this kind of gets at it, but it doesn't fully get at it. You know, words are tricky. And so sometimes art, you know, reaches into corners that words can't you that know, is so beautifully put, reaches into the corners. It lifts Thank up the you. rug. It shows you yes. what's underneath. And 
Uh, words often fail me. I'm not a, I'm not one that ever enjoys public speaking. I would really rather. Um, it's just not <laughs> something I enjoy. And my father is fabulous at it. My uh, stepmother is fabulous. She was on the school board where they live in Pittsburgh. Um, they were all and I have a sister that's really good at it, too. So I have a family of that loves to be public speaking. And I, I'd rather just be in the corner. Right. Let me, you know, paint something or, you know, draw something or sketch. And often I will sketch when people are talking about what they're talking about, like what images come oh, um, to my mind as they're describing something. Are they, are you in a family of artists? My dad had some art ability, but in the end he became a police, he went into police work. He Interesting. went to law school for a while that that wasn't for him. So then he he became um, retired as a police chief out in Pittsburgh, where um, my parents moved when I was um, nineteen. Oh, that's really interesting. That is it really is. interesting. And then no, um, he but he had some art talent when he was younger, and my mother definitely not. And I believe my art talent came from my father's father, who used to make cartoons and draw. And but he was a shoe cobbler a maker or cobbler not really maker at, in mm -hmm. ambler so he had um well, that was what my grandfather did he he fixed shoes so I'm also Is very attached really? to footwear <laughs> that's so so did you see speaking of the um Michener Art Museum did you get to yeah. see oh, the yeah. shoe um, yeah, um they had an exhibit what was yeah. the shoe designer um Stuart Whitesman, Whitesman. Yeah. Of yeah. course, I went because very it's good. Shoes. I love shoes, and um, this is kind of a funny story. So, in high school, I was terrible in math and algebra. Just forget it. Ah, uh, I and agree. It was, I really, uh, uh, just like spitting nails. Like, there's no way that knowledge that these good teachers were spouting was ever going to seep into my brain. So I just spent the entire class drawing her shoes that were peeking out from under the desk. And she had a lot of shoes. There were the strappy slingbacks and the pumps and the Oxfords and the, you know, every shoe. And um, so I think my math book was filled with just drawings of her footwear as the, and I, I probably got a D in the class, but I- Did knew. she ever see it? God, no. No, I don't think- <laughs> paid me any attention I, I think I was her worst student and she just oh. was like please just get through the class and never come yes. back <laughs> no I totally understand no matter how bad a day is at least my day never as far as I'm aware contains algebra <laughs> <laughs> never it, it might contain algebra and I don't know it that's distinctly possible because I remember in algebra looking around thinking have they all been meeting without me? Because I could think the answer was 20 and it was 552. Same. I wasn't close, but I guess you don't really get close. My father used to always explain to me, I mean, in math, you don't get close. You right. either get it or you don't, you know? I think maybe that's why it wasn't appealing for people like you and I, um, yes. because there's no gray area. And that's why I'm, I'm, I'm a much better cook than Baker. Baker it's ratios and you must adhere to the formula or it's mm -hmm. going to be terrible. 
So me who wings it and fly and is, you know, off the cuff and never follows any, I just got rid of all my recipe books because I, I'm a winger. I don't follow people are like, what, how did you make this? Well, I have a flavor profile in my mind that's maybe Asian or Indian. And then I just riff on those ingredients. Oh, that that's are, impressive, actually. Yeah, but sometimes they don't turn out so great. Because, and, that's and, okay. Uh, yeah, there is definitely like some bombs in there amidst the good things. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I'm a terrible baker and cook, but I am, <laughs> but I am connected to the gray areas of life and I used to sometimes disagree in math and you know you can't actually disagree in math there's no disagreeing it's not up for discussion right, right. <laughs> well that maybe that's why I connect with you so well because I'm a I always I, I like to say I'm a I see all the grays in between the black and white and most people I think most people are a little more literal about things yeah yeah I, I agree I think that people I think some people find a comfort in absolutes right. and and I've always been uncomfortable with absolutes so I think that there's something in and around that that um maybe it's a delineation of sorts between different types of people but yeah absolutes freak me out <laughs> Absolutely. I absolutely agree with that. And <laughs> I, I always see the, I try to look at the flip side of things like, okay, for example, I was annoyed the other day I went to the dentist office and, and, um, some couple was talking really loud, like right next to me. And it went on for like 20 minutes. And, and I was like, well, maybe I'm just being a little too uptight and I need to get over myself. And they're just having a nice time visiting with each other. So I just kind of sunk into the moment, took a step back, did some breathing and just looked at myself, honestly, like the world does not revolve around my comfort. It is a, a community. So I love that. Um, I was kind of like, get over yourself. It, if you need to excuse yourself a minute and do some deep breathing, but that's my problem, not their problem. So you know what? I think actually the world would be a little better if we all kind of could do that. I, uh -huh. I love that. I really love that because I think it is, it ultimately is a community. We're all connected in some way, shape or form, no matter how you view the world. Connectivity seems to be something that if we never believed it before, going back to 2020, I think that the pandemic certainly had to teach us if it taught us nothing it taught us that we were all connected because i do remember you know when i first heard about it i did first hear that it was happening in china and i felt very far removed from it i didn't feel that it was ever going to impact me which i'm not proud of that belief but that is what i believed i did too i thought there's no way it's coming here that's mm -hmm. that's going to be their problem and right. it, it was all of our problem. Like in yeah. a matter of a month, it seemed. Oh like my gosh, that's right. It was quick and it was global. It mm -hmm. didn't, it was India, it was here. It, you know, it was- You remember watching over. the circles get larger and yeah. larger? And then yeah. I was like, oh, okay. I see where this is going. <laughs> it's not going to go well. No, no. So that was a great lesson in connection. <laughs> 
Although I feel terrible for my kids who suffered and I'm sure your kids suffered too. I think it's harder for young people and they're still carrying the weight and the scars and the, the hard times they had feeling so disconnected from their peers and their teachers. You know, I, I had actually decent COVID. I didn't get COVID yet. Um, but we, you know, my husband and I were very prolific and made all this new artwork because we, we had time. Yeah. It was yeah. kind of a weird blessing that we had this I time agree. to just go inward and make this art. And I still, uh, every time I make a new piece of art, I think about what I was doing at the time I made it. So now when I see this one piece that I'm, I'm I don't have it handy, but um, I think of that as my COVID piece. And then another piece that was a working through the COVID isolation. Yeah. And feeling I, I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. For me, the same. I, I feel like there was a part of it that was actually, I love that we were all stopping at the same time because, mm -hmm. you know, we live in a world where we cannot stop. And finally, we all agreed to stop. You know, we had to. It was what you said, really challenging for the kids, you know, and that I, I think one of them is still trying to figure out connection and how to reconnect. And, you know, that that was tough. And I think that we don't fully understand the ramifications yet. I think even the fact that they were then more tied into social media than ever. And that comes with its own set of problems. So I think that there are certain positive things certainly that came from it. And then there are certain things that we don't fully understand. It's gonna have, I think kind of a, a long time, a long revelation of, well, revelations not the wrong, uh, repercussions cascading yeah. from it. And um, I think it's gonna be half, have to be something that they're going to continue to have to work on too. Yeah, I agree. And and the world is certainly going to be different. Yes. You know, well, Pat, thank you so much. I appreciate you sharing your powerful art. I appreciate you sharing the stories behind it and your own journey. Thanks for coming on. My absolute pleasure. I was so anxious about it. You made it so comfortable. And it's like, I feel like I was just having coffee with a dear friend. And I've only met you once before, but I really hope to meet you again for a coffee at Native or uh, Sky Roast or anywhere. Um, I think you're a lovely human being. Thank you so much. Back at you. Thanks for listening. I hope you're able to connect the dots between your story and the one you just heard. If you like this podcast, please consider giving it a great rating and subscribe. And send any thoughts, any ideas for topics, any types of guests you want to hear from to me at amanda at soulfulliving.com. That's S-O-L-F-U-L. I-V-I-N-G. Hey, and listen, if you know a great guest you want to introduce me to, like Oprah, just saying, I'm totally up for it. Finally, I would love to ask you to give a rousing round of applause to William Aronson, who wrote, produced, and performed the Soulful Connections theme song. Thank you, Bill. And thank you.